a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. And now with me on the line, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, as promised, Good buddy of mine, uh, former Canadian champion, uh, one of the biggest amateur racers back in the day to come into the scene, uh, the owner of GPF down there in Georgia, Josh Woods. What's up, Woodrow? How are you? Uh, doing good. Just out running some last-minute uh, Christmas activities and getting ready for uh, you get a little bit of break here for these next couple of days, and then we get busy again right after Christmas. Yeah, yeah. really, right? Um, for, yeah. for you, it's never really stops does it <laughs> no i mean it's uh it's funny like most of our our regulars that that live there live here and train you know they kind of go home for a little bit of a break here and most of them aren't coming back until uh after new year's but uh but we kind of get a trade-off because we kind of stay open to the public um and so i get a ton of people that are off for for you know christmas mm-hmm. and new year's that are off school and work and you know, they want to head south, especially with the weather being bad up north now. Yep. Um, so a lot of people that want to come through for that. So stay busy. Yeah, yeah, no so. doubt. Um, so if people who know GPF, one of the original uh, training facilities, uh, really the first one maybe, Woodrow? Um, depending on what, yeah, depending on how you count kind, it, right? Kind of with the concept of basically a place for you to live in your motorhome, like a campground, mm-hmm. and with the tracks and kind of having the tools, you know, um, uh, you know, obviously MTF kind of went above that a little bit when they, you know, made it a full on training program included into it. Right. Right. Yeah. A gym on site. And, and then, you know, we kind of moved towards that once I quit racing, you know, to kind of the same level. So, um, and then I think the other facilities are kind of, uh, at least some of the bigger ones, I think clubs kind of at that level with, with uh you know full trainer off the bike and gym yeah. and all that on site so right uh and uh yeah you started it a long time ago for people who want to hear josh's story search him in itunes or on the pulp MX app we went and did a deep dive into your career and uh going to canada and team green and racing for factory ktm and uh all the good stuff ecc oh the mike craig ecc stories <laughs> <Yeah>. oh gosh <laughs> So many, <laughs> so many. Some you can't, some you can't talk about. Yeah, I know, right? But for people who want to know more about Josh, that way, just do a search, and we've already done the show, and it was great. So this isn't going to be so much of that, but um, uh, just more of a casual conversation about amateur stuff and and amateur programs and everything else. Um, so, are you guys still? Uh, are you still like selling spots, or have you changed that model yeah. a little bit? No, it's. I mean, it's changed quite a bit from what we started as. Yeah. But basically, we still have a membership facility, mm-hmm. and so we do monthly rates too. But, but uh, ideally, we like to sell memberships, and it's actually quite a bit of discount for the people that want to do that. You know, and and you know, we're open ten months out of the year, and our season starts October first, and it basically ends at Loretta's. Mm-hmm. And you know, our break, I guess, from from training at GPF is August, which nobody rides in August after Loretta's. And then uh, September, we basically use the month of September to kind of rebuild everything at GPS. You yep. know, new Supercross tracks, new, you know, change the outdoor track up a little bit, and kind of right. spend that whole month to do our improvements. So. so the the spots though, you still have cabins and all of that, right? For people to want to do that kind of things. Yes, we have some rental cabins. Yep. Um, well, what, what, know, my point uh, was, I was going to say, like, are you sold out? Do you have spots or people? Yeah. yeah that's kind of where I was getting at. All of our rentals are booked up for the, through the rest of the season. Oh, wow. Uh, really? Huh? I do have yeah. A, yeah, I have a couple of campsites available. Yep. Um, so, which, 
um, we kind of get our you get a, you get a little bit of a burst of people like right before Minios. That mm-hmm. the weather starts to get a little bit bad up north, and so and then uh, you know it kind of backs down a little bit in December. There's not a whole lot going on, and it seems like right after the New Year. You know, for the ones that are still up north or kind of don't have a plan for the winter yet, you kind of get another uh, mm-hmm. burst of phone calls and people want to join up. So, so we're going to add some more uh, new riders and stuff here right after the first year. Some are already committed. Yep. Just uh, they're not going to come down. They're going to kind of start their program after the first of the year and 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 plan to be here through Loretta's as long as everything goes well. Right, right. So, how many tracks you got there now going on? Uh, uh, four, I guess, if you want to count the turn track. So okay. we have, uh, one thing we made a change this year, um, with arena cross going away, obviously we didn't need arena cross track. So, um, which we kind of had a big arena cross track as it was, it was kind of a six lane arena cross compared mm-hmm. to a four. Um, so I, I basically, I made that, I expanded the size of that track and I made that our pro supercross track. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's a little bit tight for maybe a pro supercross. It's close. It's really close. Mm-hmm. But, it, it turned it's, out really good. It's more like uh, a San Francisco. It's a San Francisco Supercross. <laughs> there track, you go, right? Perfect. But one of yeah. those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a forty-five second lap time one there. Right. You know, basically. So, um, or you know, just over forty-five, I guess. Uh, and then uh, we turned our Pro Supercross, which is actually a big uh, floor plan. You know, compared to most, uh, bigger than a football stadium would normally be. So, but uh, I, I turned that into an amateur Supercross, kind of trying to look ahead and yep. seeing the. The push with amateur racing slowly moving towards that a little bit. I think they're going to grow. Feld's going to really push this amateur supercross thing. Um, and so uh, I kind of, you know, didn't want to get, you know, left behind on that. And so I made the decision to uh, turn our pro supercross track into an amateur supercross. And, and it turned out awesome. I mean, it's a, it's been a huge hit, like more than I even thought it would be. Oh, cool. To be honest. So, I mean, we, uh, we use it a lot for training for the amateurs for the supercross part of Minios. Minios, yeah. Um, we've gone away from training on it a little bit here this month. Um, when the, when the amateur supercrosses kind of get ready to start up here, we'll kind of go back to it, especially the East coast rounds, which aren't until like March. But, yeah. uh, um, but yeah, everybody that comes like this, they love it. And so, um, and I've actually, I think I did it good enough to where even the pros like to ride it. Cause it's still somewhat technical. There's still, still yeah. like a spot where there's a triple to do. And, mm-hmm. and basically, you know, I have a super cross triple, but the second, third ones are just kind of filled in. Sure. So yep. you still kind of have, you know, a full size triple, yeah, yeah. almost, almost full size, but a little bit safer. So, you know, if a, a kid on a super mini can, can go for it without, a dying if he comes right. up short so um it's been really cool and fun and and i actually i didn't build a set of whoops on it until just this week mm. so now we're going to start throwing a little bit of whoops at him <laughs> and start I, I mean it's hard the hard part about training an amateur kid on the supercross track is they got motocross suspension yep and and so and to ask them to get supercross suspension is kind of hard to do and i think feld's going to have kind of the same issue when amateur arena cross has the same issue for that matter is 99.9 percent of the guys that show up for amateur day are on moto suspension and so it's it's a little sketchy in a way that for them to hit whoops you know and i think they're gonna it'll be a little bit of an issue for the faster guys in the amateur supercross round you know, if they're on motor suspension and they're not, if they don't touch it, you know, I mean, I think you need to speed up the rebound a little bit and stiffen it a little bit if you can, will help. But, yeah. Um, well, but, but let's to go really fast on it. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a little bit sketchy with motor suspension. Yeah, let's start there in talking about a broader sense of amateur racing. Um, obviously, like you said, Arena Cross has gone away. Feld is doing these uh, these rounds of amateurs, Supercross on Sunday. They're absolutely going to kill it. People are going to line up and do it. Uh, somehow these are going to be supercross points, but we've seen Woodrow tracks that Cobra fifties are doing all the jumps on. And then we saw, you know, the Atlanta Serena cross, they had, or no, the amateur Atlanta race. We had a couple of injuries yeah. because it was tougher. Um, yeah. what is the, what is the, what are they going to do going forward? What have you heard? What's your thoughts on that series and doing it that way? And, and all of that. From what I was told, and this is back at, at at Loretta's, I guess that I talked to them about this. But um, 
and I think this is a great idea, is they're going to bring in – so on Saturday night when Supercross is done, they're going to bring in the amateur – or the they're going to bring in their rear-cross crew to do the track. And I do think they have a little bit better uh, – you know, because some of the amateur – Days on the arena cross were actually pretty good. Like the loops were still okay. a little bit tough, and yep. and there was some technical to it. Um, and I and I think Dirtworks is so far removed from from doing amateur stuff that they don't really have an idea of what to do. Yeah, and so they maybe go to the little bit to the easy side. So plus, I think you know obviously there's going to be an issue with now your admin days to the Dirtworks crew being there and yep. all that. So I think it's a great plan for them to. Dirtworks, they leave, go on to the next round, and, and they bring in a whole other crew to kind of do the amateur day part of it, and, and maybe they do the tear out. So, um, that Mike, if that's how they do it, I think that's kind of a great fit, and maybe they can find a balance on this track. No matter what you do, it's going to be a little bit on the easy side yeah. for these top has amateur to be. kids. Yeah, has there's to be. This, uh, yeah, and it has to be. There's no, there's no way around that, but. I do think there's a way, and I I, I know it because I I think I have one that's somewhat on the safe side. No one's really got hurt on my track yet, mm-hmm. and but still technical at the same time. So I think there's a balance to it. You know, I mean, you're almost safer, in my opinion, you're almost safer to leave the whoops kind of big yeah. for them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it's just gonna slow them down. If you make it too easy, that's when they're gonna get in trouble. Well, make them uh, so freaking fast. Make them so you can double through them. I think, right? I mean, isn't that what you yeah, would do? Yeah, that's. That's hard too because you got to put them so far apart with yeah. that, and and so I mean it's a, I don't know, I don't know what the, but I think if you make it too easy, and and I feel like I have had conversation with Ryan Holiday about this, they're kind of the same boat. Like, if you make it too easy, it, it the, the danger goes I, up. I just you know yeah, so. I, but. I mean, it can't be so easy that well, how why are you even having the amateurs show up to get super cost points? I mean, that whole thing is ridiculous Correct. to me, by the yeah. way. So, but. Uh, <laughs> I just don't. I don't get that well, part. What's a better answer? Doing that or doing making them do arena cross? Neither one. Please. Neither one. Well. They're both. They're both dumb. If you <laughs> ask me. I mean, yeah. when, when you're not going retroactively back to some of these guys that that aren't very good and telling them to go back and get their points, what does it matter? You're telling me like a, a young Austin Forkner or, or Mitchell Harrison or any of these other guys haven't been riding Supercross in these facilities for that long, you know? Um, they, they know how to ride yeah. supercross. They don't need to go ride your 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 easy ass amateur supercross track to prove that they can do it. I mean, Geico and all these pro circuit and everybody and Star are making sure. I that agree. These there's kids, there's you know? exceptions, but there's there's less exceptions to the rule than there are ones that actually need to do something different. That that probably need to you know have some well credibility to get their license. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we've had supercross for forty years, and somehow guys figured it out. You know, um, and if they were really serious. They would cut. They would call that field by quite a bit every every Saturday night, as you know, Woodrow. Uh, there's yeah. some guys that I don't know how they have are allowed to go out there right now. You well, know, I think but. they. I think it's they had to limit how many people were trying to enter for a race because they you know, have they have they limit. They have limits. It's eighty eighty oh, per class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I think when they started doing that, guys that were maybe should have been there or had a chance at it we're probably getting cut out because somebody got signed up early or whatever. Right. So, I mean, you know, they were getting so many, you know, when they were eliminating it to 80, but they were probably getting 120 right. people trying to, to, to sign up, you know? And so um, I, I, I'm just, I'm just, let's call this what it is in my mind. This is a cash grab. Feld is going to kill it. They're going to absolutely be printing oh, money with these amateur for, races. For sure. And I'm fine with that. Pulp MX no is a question. for-profit business. But yeah. when you're starting to run around and say you need this for the better of the sport and the OEMs need to show up and have their top guys there, it's just it's that that's where I draw the line. Like, come on, you're not doing this out of the kindness of your heart. You're you're doing this for profit and that's fine, but just call it like it is. Let's not maybe run around maybe and say you know, it's good for the sport, it's good for the sport. Please. I, I do think they have they have to have some type of qualification system for getting your supercross license though there i really think there is a need for that because there's i've seen i've seen the qualifying at some of these amateur uh or i'm not sorry the the arena crosses last year mm-hmm. you know where they were getting 70 80 entries at those and it's all guys that are just trying to get their supercross license right and yeah and and, and half of them will tell you they just want to have they just want to be able to race a supercross. That's their whole goal. It's not really they don't really <laughs> right. have a goal. Right, they right. Want to be able to. They want their parents, and, their parents, and their buddies to see them in sure. uh, in yeah. Minneapolis. And that's, or yeah. 
and that's cool. And and now maybe they kind of have the opportunity to do that with the amateur day at, right. at them. You know, right. if that's if that's what they want. You know, sure. I mean, but 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 having those guys out there is dangerous. It's it's bad. Like it's you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Some some of the practice sessions that are in across were pretty scary. You know, because right. I mean, because those tracks are pretty gnarly. The whoops are yeah. Yep. Arguably gnarlier in arena cross than they were in supercross. Yeah, so, sometimes for sure. I mean, it was uh, it was a little scary watching some of the practices. You know, you prayed <laughs> you were in the good practice. Cause, <laughs> cause, I mean, yeah, one or two of those guys on the track could ruin it for a bunch of people. So, right, right. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think in supercross they kind of they kind of have that too to make it fair for the guys that are in non seated practice but are good enough to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean you can't just have them out there with a guy that's not really qualified to be out there. So how do you do that? How do you, I don't know. There has to be something. And I I don't, and even going off Loretta's isn't necessarily fair because it's a different discipline. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? Um, how about, so I, I, how about, I don't know. How about everybody has to pay and show up at GPF and run your Woodrow's track? (laughs) You know, I forget who it was. Like, (laughs) Way you know, years ago when Bowers was racing rear cross, his dad his dad asked me about that. It's like, you know, we need to force these, you know, Feld and AMA to you know, they need to send the kids and there's some type of qualification system where these kids have to go to a a training facility or somewhere that has mm-hmm. a full on supercross track and spend so many days of riding there to earn a license. Right. You know, and obviously that's a good idea to me because it's <laughs> I can make a lot of money off it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Uh, hey, so amateur racing in general, you know my thoughts on it. We've talked about it privately, and you you listen to the show and, and all this. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, it is, I had talked to somebody the other day about it who runs a pro program, and, and I mean, and they're getting told by, by OEMs that, hey, we got, you know, we can't really help you. We got so much money devoted to amateur racing. And in my opinion, it is completely out of hand, uh, and you're to blame, Woodrow. No, I'm, I'm kidding on that. But <laughs> but the riding facilities are popping up because you guys are doing well with them. It's a way to make money. Uh, yeah. Local racing is dying a little bit. If you talk to Wygant, who, who's yeah. done a lot of work with sort of the local areas and and, and the racer production people that, that you know run, run West Virginia and Pennsylvania stuff, and the people are riding at riding facilities more and more. Um, the amateur dollars being spent are more and more. Geico went mm-hmm. from. I remember Geico guys when, when Peyton was yelling and screaming about amateur racing being pushed to a new level because of the Amsoil guys. The Amsoil guys would be like, "Hey man, we're only helping one guy, Bogle, yeah. Barsha, Canard, <laughs> you know, and and we're only helping yeah. one. We're just one guy is the elite guy. Well, now they have like literally five, and yeah. and everyone's going deeper and deeper. And and look, Woodrow, you're coming from a spot where you're profiting from this, and I'm coming from a spot you know, where I'm just watching it from a, so we all have our biases in this, but yeah. I need, yeah. you're a super good dude. You're a smart guy. You've been there for a long time. Uh, like I said, GPF, the original, uh, riding facility. Where are we at with this, Woodrow? Am, am I crazy for yelling and screaming about it? No, I think it's, it's, it's a little on the crazy side to me, especially when you know, the amount of money some of these kids are making, like it's right. it's great. I mean, there's a couple of kids making as much as the, some top 450 guys. Uh, uh, well, I, mean, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, yeah, oh yeah. Okay, do you think they're making? Yeah. Do you think they're making over half a million dollars? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so what I would say. There's one, there's one or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I heard the Mumford stuff when he was going back and forth because Rich Taylor's a friend of the family and. Yeah. I heard it was absolutely insane the bidding war to get Carson Mumford under the it's on, on a color yeah. on a different color. It's it's kind of crazy, and I I don't I don't totally understand it because like like Geico like what do you do with all these kids? You can't put they're not all going on at the pro team. There's no way they got right. too many that are too close in age, and yep. there's just not going to be enough spots. They got you Yoda, know, so. Hunter Yoda, Shimoda, Mumford, yeah. Lawrence. Yep. Um, and they're all A class or B, right? They're all right there. So yeah, I mean, well, a couple of them just moved up to A. Shimoda and uh, the the younger Lawrence kid, yeah, Jet. Jet. Um, so so you know, come fall, both those guys are looking to go to a pro team. I don't know how guy guy's already got three spots filled for next year. Yeah, correct. I mean, yeah, they got Martin, they got Sexton. Sexton. I'm sure they're not going to let Sexton go, whether his contract's up or not. No. Nope. And they got Lawrence, yeah. so I don't know. You know, now you add in the other Lawrence brother, and 
and, and maybe that Joe Shimoda kid. And I don't, I don't know how you have room, you know? So it's, it's, um, yeah, like you know, and, and, and I don't think they're promising them pro deals now either. Like, like I know Gaika is not, mm-hmm. you know, because they're well, they, you can't, they can't, yeah, yeah you, you can't. know. So, so I think that you know it's uh, performance based a little bit as far as you know if you get onto the pro team and 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 I have a little bit of knowledge with it because I went through it with Charbonneau um, on that whole side of it with him, and mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a guaranteed pro deal, but it was a performance based, and then you get to go to the pro team, and this is your salary at the pro team, this is your you know, salary as an amateur, which is kind of crazy, but yeah, that's how they do I just, it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just like where do we where do we stop with this? Because then Geico did have that one guy, and and look, Barsha, Kennard, they're they're elite guys. They won multiple championships. Um, they're probably worth all that money you put into them, and they're probably worth all of that. But no disrespect to. Uh, Mitchell Harrison or Jordan Bailey or Moseman or some of these other kids come, coming up. But sorry, man, Cantrell. Uh, they're good kids. They seem like good. Yeah. But the investment in them over the years has been multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're jumping into pros, and they're 10th place guys, 8th yeah. place guys. Like, I'm sorry. That's, you know, you look at Luke Resland, who makes no yeah. money. He is also an eighth place guy, tenth place guy, whatever. And and yeah. I don't get it. Like these teams are look, when you have a James Stewart or a Josh Woods back in the day, or a a Nick Way or or a Lessie, dude, Marsha, spend the money. They're elite. They're they're great yeah. riders. Um but I don't they're these guys are losing their mind, Woodrow, in, in, in the amount of riders they're they're supporting and what these kids are gonna do when they turn pro. Yeah, there's just such a competitive grab for yes, yes. You know, and, and now that that one or two of them got it, got these long term. You know, mm-hmm. probably started with Adam, where yep. he signed that six year deal or whatever with Cowie. Yep. Well, now now they all want that, and so and so like once one kind of got it, now they all kind of expect that, and you know, there's agents involved, dude. And but it's, it's it's a little it's nutty to me, in my opinion. But right, um, especially you were literally one of these kids in your day. I mean, Joshua, you were a great amateur racer. I'd read about yeah. you for a long time. Um, you know, you were very, very good. And so you have a unique position in this, Woodrow, where you can look at your – I mean, obviously, look, times change. We, we walk, yeah, yeah. We, you know, so you can't – it's not apples to oranges. But in one sense, I mean, you can remember, like, no one was coming and throwing money at you, even though you were one of the best amateurs in the country. No, not at all, especially <laughs> living in Michigan. Right, you know I mean, right. like, you're kind of – you know, back back then, you know, kind of pre-internet. You know, yeah. um, if you're from from California, you were a lot more likely to get on one of those those good good deals. You know, and and I uh, I kind of just missed out on probably a couple. You know, but yeah. I mean, I had good help. You know, where my last couple of years, I I I made money yep. more than I spent. You know, yep. but yeah, yeah, but not like but dude, these these... You know, these kids now are on. They're full. They literally are factory rides. It's it's really not fair. Um, well, that was my next point. Yeah, I, someone else told me this too. Someone told me that these bikes are so good because they're basically oh. the same as what the pros are racing that you don't even know. Like, okay, look at McElrath. There's a good example of a kid who kind of came from nothing and really shined. Yeah. There could yeah. be other McElraths out there, but you wouldn't really know it because they're not getting a start and they're getting weeded by these bikes that are just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah when you give a kid a full-on pc pro motorbike you know because there's a difference between the practice motor and pro motor even the practice motors probably better than anybody else's but but you give them the pro motor the three-hour motor mm-hmm. you know i mean for loretta's you're talking five six horsepower more than anybody else on the game yeah you know i mean it's crazy more and and i have a little i mean you know me and Short kind of did that deal with Cowie where we got to ride our the full on yeah. PC bikes at Loretta's our last year, yep. and it was like cheating. You know, the <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah, we went yeah. one and two. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I mean, it's it is. It's you might as well have a big bore. You yeah, know? it's you might as well be cheating because it's it's something that nobody else can get. And and I get it. Everybody wants to win. You know, and 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 honest and and I guess if you really broke it down, I mean, are the same kids going to win if they had a lesser of a bike probably they probably still would yeah or at least do really well but it's but uh, do you think we're do you man, think we're crazy do you think we're missing 
those kids that are not getting the help that are under the radar because they don't have a good of equipment slash finances to get to you know to have the programs that these other kids have i mean are we are we missing are some kids packing in early that are really good riders that we're missing or are, is the cream always going to rise up I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure you're missing ones that that can't make it because of the finances, because of the cost. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's there's some that just can't that can't do it. I mean, it's it is so expensive to do it at a at a level if you're not if you're not getting much help. Yeah. Right. And and the part of the problem now, I think, compared to like when I raced, was there's not much of a B-level support anymore, right? It's, right. You either get everything or you get hardly anything. Yeah. You know? And it's you're, like, fighting for for a free pipe, you know, where, you know, there was a lot more in between before, I feel like, especially with Team Green. Yeah. You know, Team Green had a big program, and, yeah. you know, lots of people got one bike or two bikes or whatever, you know, and yeah. only a couple got, you know, the ultimate, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? right. But I mean, yeah. But but I get you know it's just changing the way that it, especially the appearance of it. Like there's been, I, I guess all along, even from when I came up, there was guys that were on deals that were you know they were making money, maybe in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, because they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily put them on a salary or, or give them a you know monthly uh, stipend or you know, they want to call it or travel expenses or however they want to you know, kind of hide it, but you know, they would go, here's 15 bikes. Yeah. You know, sell that's them. what Cowie yeah. used to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would go sell, they'd give them 15 bikes and they would still supply them race bikes. So they really didn't even need those 15 hardly except for practice. So, right. um, so I guess that's been going on. It's not something new. It's just the way they're doing it. It's a little bit different. The part that is different is basically their full factory programs. Like it's not, not Jeff Chambers at Tim Green building your bike. It's Mitch Payton. <laughs> yeah, bike. yeah. You know, it's, it's Kibby. It's, Kibby is building your bike and going to the races with exact, you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yes. Dialing in your ECU and you're, you know, you're testing for days before you go to the yeah. race. It's, it's oh, just, like it's, it's crazy. The, the amount of money, like, like that Geico spends, the or the, you know, the factory oil, yeah, team spends yeah, yeah. To, to to do that is. But I'm as I said, I don't mean to shit on those kids that I brought up because they could still be great riders. Who knows? Oh yeah, but but they are. But I'm fine with doing all of that for an elite guy. Like that's fine. Like because that guy will stick with your program. He'll win you races. He'll win you championships. Um, and I'm fine with that. But that's where I'm like seeing these kids. And then so then you know here comes the rant, Woodrow. Uh, Alex Ray and and Kyle Chisholm and Luke Rensland and these guys are making nothing, nothing, and they're actually really putting in results, and and their window is done and they have no money. There's no support for them, but there's so much support in the amateur stuff for guys who are not going to be as good as Kyle Chisholm, you know. And that's where I'm like, what yeah. are you guys doing, like? Who are you, who's your scouts here? What's what's happening? You you don't have any elite guys, you know. But but I really don't think it's changed much. It's that okay. part of it's kind of the same as it's always been. Honestly, it just right. it just it just seems it's more uh, because of the full the factory direct connection mm-hmm. with these kids now. Yep. I guess it's more you, you see it more right. right where where before it was more you know a kid on the Suzuki amateur program, you know, and you still kind of had to do it on your own. You had the money and you yeah. had the, yeah. uh, the backing. Yeah. You just, you didn't have a full on factory mechanic working on your stuff. And so it's, it's, it's similar. I mean, that Suzuki was still spending the money on a couple guys or Cowie was just yeah. spending, you know, a majority of their budget on just a couple guys. Yeah. But, um, but they were, they seem to be better guys than what we're getting now. I don't know. Maybe not, but. Well, it was just maybe fewer. Like Cowie would have one yeah. guy, you know, or um, you know. Now I, you know, I, you know, Geico's budget must be huge to be able to support that many amateur kids. Yeah, you know, it's, to and and knowing, and they have to know that only maybe two of them are going to work out. You know, I mean, maybe maybe more, but right. But I mean, it. You know, realistically, um, probably only two of them are really going to make a mark. And then you look at the clothing companies, and they're going after guys who who can't even wear their gear when they turn pro because the team that they're going to be on wears a different different set of gear. Although that's yeah. changing a little bit too. But in some cases, I'm just like, why would you pay this kid? I don't know. I heard one deal was 150 grand. Why would you yeah. pay this kid 150 thousand dollars to wear your gear when he turns 16? He can't wear it anymore. 
I'm just yeah, like, that, yeah. I'm blown away. I, I have a hard time understanding that. You know, I I'm all for giving them a bonus program, right? Or a oh yeah program. Oh you yeah, know, where they yeah. can go out and earn it, and and then you do get something in return because right. they're out winning big races. But but uh, to to give them that kind of money and, right. and to eat up that kind of budget, yeah. I mean, for someone like I mean, that's yeah. That's and, crazy. And Woodrow, none of this is going to change because the AMA is is powerless. They do nothing. And yeah. the, the Wolves are watching the hen house. So, uh, you know, Ziggy and Ryan Holiday and Mitch and Sleater or whoever's involved with KTM, so, like, they're they're not going to police nothing. Bobby Reagan and he, like, they're, they're just, yeah, you know, like, they're not going to do anything, right? Like, nothing's going to change. Well, no, because they're all in competition. Right. So, I mean, it's right. you know, everybody's going to want the next guy, and they're going to bid for the next guy, and oh. you know, and they're. Hey, we're going to have them. in ten years, Woodrow. We're going to have a, a a rider retire after being an amateur and take all his money and go get a call <laughs> and be, be like, "Well, my amateur career is done. I'm not going pro. I've made a ton of money, and uh, I'm just going to go to college now or something." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple coming up through right now that that probably could. Right. I mean. As long as their parents are helping them be, you know, put it away. Right. They, yep. Shoot, they probably don't have to work another day in their life. Right. Isn't that by the time they're, tw- by the time they're twenty? That's insane, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's amateur motocross. Uh, Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulp MX eighteen is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension. Parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. Let's touch on a couple other things. So we talked about the local races dying down. And you know what's seen great growth is GNCCs have seen really good growth because I think the local racing place, A, everyone's at your riding facilities, GPF, by the way. Uh, everyone's there, and they're getting ready for these five amateur races a year that, that outside of Loretta's are four or five laps long. So you really don't have a good sense of a kid and how good he is. And they have these super motorcycles that we touched about. And the GNCC, and so no one wants to go to these races that are, you know, four lap, five lap races at your local track, and you got to wait around for 10 hours and this and that. And hence, this is why GNCCs are, are, are growing, in my opinion. You pay 20 bucks, you ride for two hours, you go home. Um, are you seeing that? Are you agreeing with all of that sort of sentiment that's out there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've kind of seen it as, as training facilities have grown like you know all these kids which out of the training facilities there's uh you know what 150 kids maybe yeah, that I, don't, go to training I don't even know these yeah. right that, yep. that pay to go to training facilities is that taking away are, are you just that from local racing I, I don't i don't know but it does take those faster kids away from local racing mm-hmm. because because we're for one we're able to duplicate racing on a daily basis at you know, I got my place. So, so I can pit them against each other and make them race against each other. So, it eliminates the need for racing somewhat. You know, I do still think it's good to go get gate drops. So we do gate drops daily, mm-hmm. yep. right? So, it's uh, in a more of a controlled environment on a better track, on you know, with better guys. You don't have the you know, random guy that that you're probably a little scared to race with out right. there, and, and right. so we kind of control the elements a little bit more. And so, I mean, it does take away the need to race, you know, where, you know, like me and Nick Way growing up, right? Like we raced every weekend. Because yeah. That, that was your best practice, right? Yeah. Or, or anybody back then. Yeah. For that yeah. So, so now with training facilities, you do kind of eliminate that a little bit. And so it, it, it has taken those guys away from local racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, 
I would say cost is probably more to blame than than training facilities, but definitely I mean, we could take a part a, a little bit of a blame for right, that. Right, right. Um, look, I don't want you to to. There's a lot of training facilities out there, and we don't need to name any names. But what are some of the facilities doing, or that you hear are doing Woodrow that you wish they wouldn't? What are and again, I'm not saying you need to like say, oh, GPS is the best. GPF is the best, and it's the only like I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm we're talking now as 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 guys that know known each other for a long time and you know are looking at the sport. Like, what are what are some things that some facilities aren't doing right in your opinion? One thing that we've kind of um, you know stuck by is is not letting minors just be here on their own. Um, yeah, and, and I. I you know, I know that other facilities, a lot of them do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's minors that basically live on their own, 14, 15 years old. Is that under know, 16 or under 18? What are you considering a minor? I don't even know. Eight, eight, 18. 18. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and if you are under 18, somebody at GPF that is your guardian, you know, I don't care who it is, if they're 18, 19, but at least you make you accountable to somebody. Somebody, you yeah. Know? And, right. and, and, you know, it, and, and for us, it has eliminated a lot of issues. You has know it? Yeah. Mean? You know, and the other thing that we probably have that none of the other facilities do is we live here. Like, I live yeah. on the property. Yeah. My parents actually live on the property. My mom, my, my parents' house is actually right in the middle of the property, and my mom is basically like the the <laughs> the campground warden. Right, right. So right. she makes sure. <laughs> she, if something happens, she knows about it. So, And she, uh, she takes care of that, and then I – my house is just kind of off to the side. We bought a, uh, 15 extra acres uh, just a couple of years ago and built a house over there. So, but but being able to be there, you know, for one is they're not going to. They know they're not going to get his way as much with as much. Yeah. And so, um, you know that that probably sets us apart from from the other facilities, and and we are able to be more family oriented. You know, we do big dinners and yeah, yeah. You know, during Supercross, we'll all watch Supercross together. We have what we call a rec room. Um, where we kind of just hang out with pool tables and stuff in there, and uh, we'll do dinners and stuff in there. Yeah. So, um, so we're able to kind of get that family atmosphere, which uh, not all helps. of them do. Yeah, 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 and and helps kind of uh, you know, give the kids a kind of a family feel a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and maybe not act out quite as much. And so I think we have a little bit less of the. Um, issues yeah. as compared to some of our facilities but a lot of it i think has to do with with taking on minors yeah by themselves like that's a for one that's a risky alone right as, yep. as far as like what they're going to go do and and who they're hanging out with and but uh so so for for you know it's something we'll kind of stick to is, mm-hmm. is you know but that but yeah um yeah i mean i've heard i've heard some stories of some some guys some facilities, and I'm like, oh my god! That, like, if 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 the local news or, or whatever ever got a hold of kind of what's been going on, like there could be issues, like you know, state issues here going on. So that's all. I'm just like, holy there smokes! Is. You know, you no, know, we've dealt with that here. I mean, yep. and, and even at my place. I mean, you're always going to have, you know, they're the kids, even if they are 18 or 19, they're going to make bad decisions occasionally. Yep. Yep. You know, it's yep. how you deal with them. You know, when they do. So right. we've been really strict about it in the past and just removed guys. Mm-hmm. In the past. Say, listen, we got to go. So, right, right. Um, especially when it comes to doing stuff in town, because you know, if you're getting in trouble at the golf course or yep. with local police or whatever, that is bad for for motocross here. And 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 when we fought for so long mm-hmm. to, to be able to be here, you know, us and MTF and Carmichael's all here in the same county. Yep. Um, that was a big fight for many years. You know, they yep. did not want us here, and and it was close to all being shut down at one time. <laughs> was it really? And, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, we went to court, you know, with the county and and with neighbors, and and we won, you yep. know. And so, um, you know, now all those tracks are grandfathered in, and you can no longer build tracks here anymore. I mean, but they love us. Right? Yeah, that's what oh, the well, county. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the county finally sees the the economic impact from 100%. from what yeah. our facilities bring to this county, and it's it's huge, like it's in the millions. Yep. So, um, so like now they're like, well, what can we do? Like, and <laughs> you know, they would, you know, if if we wanted to have a race, even though it's in the bylaws, we technically can't. Yep. If we went to them for approval for something like that, I'm like ninety percent, ninety nine percent sure that they would be all about it. They'd so, be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, there was really close to being uh, some bigger races here because the county was 
trying to push off a big piece of property to, to build a motocross track and even possibly GNCC or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so, you know, they're, they're all about it. And there's some, uh, people in local government, younger guys in local government that, that kind of see where, um, you know, how big it could be if, if, if you did bring a big event here. Right. So. Um, Hey, so who are some of the amateur kids? Let's, let's go bigger picture first before I talk about specifically sure. the people, you know, we just talked about these elite guys. Who are a couple of kids, in your opinion, Josh, that are just, I mean, they're going to be it. They're winning championships and, and down the line. Uh, um, there are a couple that stand out for you. Like, I mean, you've literally seen so many kids come through. Yeah. Um, you know, all those little the factory kids right now, they all, they're, they're probably the best ones out there, honestly. So it's going to be hard to, you know, bet against them. They could, they could go either way, honestly. Yeah. You know, and they, if, if they can stay healthy and everything comes together, they're going to do great. You know, mm-hmm. even we're kind of going to see how, you know, March Banks, he's super young. We're going to kind of see how that plays out now. You know, we're, I think, you know, he's went through some injuries this past year and um, matured a little bit. And now they're going to throw him in Supercross. We'll see how that goes. He was, yep. I saw him, he rode the first couple rounds of Arena Cross last year and he was, he was a, he was pretty good, uh-huh. um, way over aggressive, <laughs> and if he tries to ride like that in Supercross, he's gonna start some big fights. But we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, uh, but you know, some of the the kids coming up behind him, you know, we'll we'll see the Geico kids that are coming up, the Joe Shimoda kids, super fast. Yeah, um, Shimoda looked great at the know, uh, at the Monster Cup. Yeah, and then at, at like Minio's the uh, the Jet Lawrence kid. I mean first time kind of here and, and just kind of getting his feet wet he could be really good mm-hmm. if if uh, all goes well so um for him to just kind of just be getting here and just getting going with them i thought he was pretty good there but um but there's a lot of uh a little bit of parity in that a class right now you know there's there's quite a few guys that are kind of on that same level like i think if you look at the results from videos there's a lot of different guys that won you know it's not like one guy dominated so um Kind of be curious to see. Yeah. But, yep. um, are those um, uh, are the kids from Bakersfield? Are they all going to be the real deal? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Mumford struggled. You yep. know, the last little bit here. So we'll see. He's kind of he hasn't really took off on that 250F yet, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's so young. Yeah. You know? So, um, uh, the Team Green kid, I can't remember his name. B Francesco. Um, no, the the B rider. Um, oh. I'm drawing a blank. Handmaker? Uh, I, I don't know if he no oh, okay no, not Hammaker he's younger than younger than Hammaker but oh, okay anyways I think he's from he's from California I don't know if he's from Bakersfield but he's uh he's pretty he's pretty good we'll see how he does he's been hurt a bit this past uh-huh. year too so came off a knee surgery or something like that so mm-hmm. but uh I love the Hammaker kid he is he he is the nicest kid you ever met I've he's heard that yeah, I've heard that freaking and I I wish the best for that kid I'd love to see him do good because I think he's a great asset for the sport that mm-hmm. kind of kid like yep. and kind of came from nothing you know i've heard that too yeah he, he would be he would be the one that kind of was like under the radar like you know he he impressed me a ton i think two years ago when he showed up to loretta's on a pretty basic super mini and beat everybody you right know? and that was pretty cool like you don't see that too often anymore you know so um and then to see him get some help and you know i don't think he's out there making money he's probably breaking even you know so uh-huh. i mean yeah. I, I would love to see a kid like him take off um he kind of got banged up at videos so yep. hurt his shoulder i think but but um but you know there's those kids out there that are getting shot like him mm-hmm. you know but it's it's tough it, it's tough because there's just so many at that level yeah you know where um before there was only a handful so um what do you think, uh, guys that you worked with? Who are some kids that you're working with or or have worked with that are amateurs still that you yeah. think are, can really do something? Uh, I got a couple of young kids that are doing really well. Um, Jordan Renfro, uh, he rode like the 85 classes. He's 12. Um, he uh, he got a, a third overall at Loretta's this year, and he could, you know, I think he's he's kind of about to hit puberty and things are going to change for him. But he's he's uh, he kind of reminds me of myself, like. You know, he was 
he's kind of bigger for his age and maybe a little bit chunky as he's younger. And then like, like for me, like when I hit puberty and I, I stretched out and I got real skinny and mm-hmm. I think he, he's probably about to kind of hit that same spurt. So be interested to see how he does when, you know, mm-hmm. next year here. So, um, I like him a lot. And then, uh, uh, you know, the youngest kid I have is Jonathan Getz, who's, uh, who's nine and he actually raced uh 50 class at loretta's one a moto okay. uh, second overall so um he's actually battling with uh with with nick wade's son there so that was yeah. cool yeah um, how how uh yeah. how is vince did pretty nick totally undersold it and, and he knew and i and i know why is because he knows that gets trains with me and he knows that that was going to be competition. No so, way. Is he really that's he, he's getting it that that serious right now? I think so. I mean, he I asked him before Loretta, especially after he, I think he won his regional out there and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> your kid killing." He's like, "Yeah, we'll see how he does when he gets with all the East Coast kids. It won't be so easy out there." And you know, kind of undersold it a bit and then, you know, he shows up and, and leads that first moto. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, and I mean, it, him and Getz were gone. Like they were checked out, and you know, he went down, and my guy ended up winning it. But uh, yep. but uh, but yeah, he, <laughs> you, he definitely you, undersold it. Like, you and Nick Way battling once again off the yeah, track. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, um, but, but this whole and hilarious watching Nick work on his. Stuff. Oh, like, I know. Well, we just had him. the races. He did not stop working on the damn bike. Really, like leading up, leading up to the motos, like, he was. He was grinding on throttle tubes and like I, I, I I'm like, what are you doing? Right, you know, and like this insane. Well, like, oh, I didn't like I didn't like how this felt, so I I had to go get a new throttle tube and I'm grinding this off. And I'm, oh, you know, dude, you know, we dude. well we just had him on the show on Monday night and he was. Um, Parabinos was in too, and Paul said that uh, they were at Paris and Vince was like, Dad, change my shock. <laughs> oh it's classic he's already got him oh, changing gosh. shocks it's just gonna ruin the kid though because he's just gonna right you know he'll be like nick just always looking for yeah you know that little bit it's like dude just ride it. <laughs> yeah exactly right thing right like yeah you know that was always my thing with, like nick i'm like dude just ride the bike two times in a row at the same time. Yeah, he like, he'll deny it to the day, but that his his constant changing of parts hurt his career. Uh, he had a great career, sure. fantastic. Oh, totally, but, yeah, totally. But yeah, but, but he got he almost got like as he more, more analytical about it. Like yeah. it was like he just he was so obsessed with making the bike better that I I do think it like hurt his performance a little yeah, bit yeah yeah you know it had yeah. to I, I would think you know? so because uh. instead of just focusing on going fast he's like he's always thinking about the bike you know and like <laughs> how he can make it better and i'm like dude how do right. you analyze that like you're testing non right um like he, he could never get on a test mode let's talk about my favorite subject tim ferry um a couple yeah. things he he uh he's working with that jalique swole rock star husky kid and yep. by all accounts, uh, he's the real deal, or, or Timmy's really stoked on him. Uh, he doesn't come from the greatest family life. He's working through that. He's humble. He's uh, he's good. Um, he, he's really emerging. Do you agree with all that? Is this kid something special? Yeah. He seems like a nice kid. I mean, uh, you know, and and I I like him. He's he seems fast. You know, and, yeah. and, and and Timmy's probably the best thing that ever happened to him, honestly, because. Because it does, and I think he, you know, he stays with Timmy a lot and stuff, and you know, he's there obviously every day training with him. So, mm-hmm. um, and he and he also has a great mechanic. Yep. That that basically takes care of him. Okay. You know, so, yep. Um, and so he's got a great fit, you know, to kind of get him there. Um. So yeah, but I mean, it's, all yeah. the stuff has to come together, right? Right. And of course. Right? And, yep. and and some good results this year to kind of get on mm-hmm. that team. So, um. But I think I think I do think they will give him a shot because. Bobby Hewitt is pretty dedicated to his guys. I've heard. Yeah, you know, I've heard. Um, um, I have no doubt they're at least going to put him on the pro team. We'll see how it goes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Timmy's kid, Evan. Now, obviously, uh, I've talked to him a lot. He switched to Husqvarna, which I guess has been a big a big help. It's a, it's a better bike than the Kawasaki. Um, sorry, Ryan Holiday, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but it's done, it's, it's, it's done a lot for him. Timmy refuses to homeschool him. Uh, he wants him to, you know, yeah, devote time to school and – and basically, I think Red Dog doesn't want to get burnt out. And and but now I think like they're starting to get to the point where Evan is getting seriously pretty good. And like it might be just time to let them go, you know, as much as they want, uh, as gnarly as they want. They already they're already in deep. Red Dog and, and Evie and everybody are in deep. But this is this is beginning to be, become like real serious for Evan. I think here coming up. 
It, it could, yeah, yeah. He's kind of at that age where it's got to go one way or the other, right? You know? and, right. And, but, uh, but it, it, they're the rare situation where I, I do think he could stay in school and make this work. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the tracks to their house. It sure doesn't keep him from riding because I, <laughs> you know, I've, I've become friends with Timmy a little bit here recently, and and I follow all the stuff on Instagram. They he rides. It seems like every day. It I mean, that kid like rides it. more than anybody I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I don't think they ever take a day off. Right. So I mean, school sure isn't keeping him from riding, right. which is like you know was my issue growing up. Is school kept me from riding because I couldn't get to the track or mm-hmm. whatever. Right? Yep. Where, where for them, you know, with a track right out the backyard, it's you know it's it is possible for them to ride every day. So um, it seems like anyway. So yeah. you know, is it Im- imperative for him to homeschool? Probably not. I think he's got a a good situation, but um, but uh, he's kind of the rare exception. You know, we're a lot of these kids, they do need to, you know, if he didn't have a track at home, yeah, he would need to go somewhere yeah, and stay yeah. somewhere. And, and yeah, you I'm know, not a, we were always, I'm not a we were always against homeschool. Like my dad was dead set against homeschool. He did not let me homeschool. And, yeah. Um, but I will say homeschooling is so much better now, basically because the internet than when I did it, you know, right. I mean, everybody just cheated their way through homeschooling back back in the day because it was all book work, you yep. know, so yep. and you, just, you just did your test at the end of the year and that was it, where, where nowadays it's so interactive and, you know, we're a big proponent of on-track schools with Andre Lee and uh, we have a bunch of kids on the on-track program here and, yep. and it's great, you know, like we have a, we're working on getting a tutor here for a couple of days a week to work with them and, mm-hmm. and so they are getting good school, you know, done and quality education, you know, so, and, and we, we follow their progress reports, so, um, I'm lucky because Jordan Renfro, one of the guys, kids that rides in my place, his mom actually started working for on track. So she's hands on every day with on your lead. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and, and so, and then she basically, she'll, she'll bring me their progress reports and show me if, if there's a kid that's not doing well, I know about it. And we, we, you know, we discuss it with them and say, yeah. listen, what do we got to do different? we got to get your grades up. You need to take this week off, get caught up on school or whatever. So, right. Yeah, um, I'm not so a fan should... of the homeschooling, but I've been explained to me that it kind of has to be done because the schools are cracking down on, on missing time. And I, I yeah. know even from my janky Canadian racing career that I had to miss a lot of school, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. driving to races. So, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's tough. I, I, you know, they're and it's not it's not the school's fault. It's it's I think it's more state. You know, yep. like yep. the states are requiring. You know, and, and I get it because you know most kids aren't athletes like this. So or if they are, they're school athletes. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a rare exception. You know, and and you know it'd be a it's a fight to try to get those days if you are in school. Yeah, it even was when I went to school. I had to go to the school board and yeah, I did show too. Them my yeah. contracts, and, <laughs> you know, like listen, this is the race I have to do, and this, you know, but right. but you know, and it was a pain in the butt. But luckily, my grades were good enough that they let me do it. But uh, you know, now it's 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 tough. But but with homeschooling being so good and and the online stuff so good, like it's. It's not as uh, it, they're not missing out on as much, yeah. and, and and at least like at, at GPF they are getting social interaction. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much with females, but <laughs> <laughs> mostly males. Occasionally we have a few females here, but um, but uh, but you know it's they still get social interaction, and they right. you know or um, you know maybe they're not as. Uh, as strict as what they would be if they were in school and mm-hmm. as proper, you know, as they would be. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, we do ride dirt bikes, so yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> if you could, if you could wave a magic wand and fix something or change something about the amateur motocross system. What would you do? What would be the number one thing you do? Like for me, uh, I, I think I would. I don't, and I don't know how to do this, but it's my it's a magic wand. So the whole pro, the whole premise is ridiculous, anyways. But I would say, listen. Cowis, you have you guys have a thirty thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar limit on what you can give these kids. I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. That's what, I don't know how you would enforce it. I don't know how you would prove it. I don't know any of that, but it's a magic wand theory, so it's dumb anyways. Yeah, some type of. Uh, I mean, in a perfect world, they'd all race the same level bikes, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, and and I kind of like. I think about like, you know, what it'll be like in the future, you know, someday like with electric bikes, you know, like, you know, one thing I think that could possibly be cool is like 
when you go sign up in the morning, you take your ECU up there and you they plug it in and you go put it back on your bike and everybody has the same horsepower that day. It's on an electric bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't I don't know. I mean, if you leveled the playing field and truly see which guy's the best that day, that would be cool. That'd like, be your deal, yeah. Or yeah. you're right. like back in the day where they do like the race of champions, you know, where right. everybody rode a Kawasaki, you know, or. Did you, ever like do, did you ever do that, or was that gone by the time you... Were, it was gone by the time yeah. I did. I mean, it was still a race of champions, but it was, uh, 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 yeah, it was a different format. I think, you know, I think Bradshaw ruined it. Apparently, Bradshaw was like, I'm not getting on a Kawasaki. No way. I mean, it'd be, I mean, uh, nowadays, no <laughs> No, no I chance, have, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have this at Complex. I have this at Complex. Oh, it's got... It's got Bridgestones on it. I got to run Dunlops or whatever. Right? So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, nobody would be able to do yeah. it nowadays. It'd be, everybody would be in breach of contract. Yeah, really, right? I know. No one, and no one could agree on it or anything. No one could, like, you know. No, yeah. it would never, yeah. never work. But, but you know, and somehow if you could level the playing field as far as the bikes and stuff go, that would be awesome. That'd be your deal. Yeah. You that's I mean, a, yep. And, and on the pro level, like going into the pro stuff, like, I would love to see a production rule in the 250 class. Yeah, or like supercross and stuff. I think that would be awesome, where they limit you know the amount of work you can do the motors. And yeah, something like that. Dude, cool. we're so but, we're so ass backwards. There's so much amateurs are getting most of the money outside of ten two fifty guys or four fifty guys, maybe not even ten outside of five four fifty guys. And amateurs are getting all the money. There's more rides in the two fifty class, which is a regional class, than there is in a, in the four fifty class, which is actually the premier class. It's it's the whole system is upside down to me, and I'm just I don't know how it'll ever change or anything else. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't see it that much different. It's just yep. It's just grown. You know, right? It's, it's all really. I, I think it's pretty much the same as as when I did it. I feel like, anyways. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. You know, there's just more teams now. Right. So there's, you know, but the in the trickle down, I mean, pro teams are spending more money. Could amateur we, teams are, you know, the amateur parts spending a little more money too. But maybe, you know, maybe I, still, we, I still feel like a majority of the the manufacturers' budgets are going to the pro stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe we can make a rule too, where like kids can't be released to people like Mike Craig, and in, in the care <laughs> of Mike Craig. <laughs> hey, it worked out for me. Oh. Um. Well, anything else? Did we, t- did we touch on anything else? Did I miss? Did I miss a topic that you wanted to? No, man. Oh, we're good. It was good. Yeah, um, uh, your knowledge isn't that bad of amateur stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, if you're ever out west, would you come to Vegas? Sit on the show or whatever. I will. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With no with no arena crosses, you're. Uh, I have a little more time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. You had a Dreena Cross team. You had to fold that up. I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm kind of. It's nice because I mean, it was so stressful trying to run that and GPS and right, right, and trying to be back and forth and and yeah. like the people would laugh at how little a budget we did that program on. Right, you know, like right. We had, from the outside looking in, like it, it looked nice. And like, right, but I mean, we we did it so cheaply because me and my dad did pretty much everything, and yeah, um, you know, we did it on just low budget, but. You know, we had uh, good equipment and good riders and made it work. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you guys won a lot of races man, and stuff. So yeah, yeah, but but not having to travel and it takes a lot of stress off me. You yeah, know? Really. Like right now I'd, I'd be planning our schedule for the next month or whatever of travel and hotels and flights and your, everything else. Your wife's a real hero of the whole deal. Yeah, she gets she has to watch my twins while I'm going through that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Josh Woods on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. Uh, nice chat, Woodrow. Always good to catch up. Uh, I'm sure we'll see you down the line at, at a Supercross uh, soon. And uh, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna.
I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.